0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app
1: and anytime
0: on demand, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: There's a story I really want you to confirm if you guys think this is true. Okay. It's on the complete sheet. Okay. uh, Do you want me to just read it to you? I would love it. Uh, They're saying that in a new poll, men are more likely to tell secrets to a partner or a parent, while women are more likely to confide in a friend or sibling. Uh, They said 32% of people said their spouse or partner knows the largest number of their secrets, and 18% say a friend knows their most secrets. Um, And when they break it down by gender, that women lean towards friends and siblings, and men lean towards partners and parents. See? Who would you be likely to tell your biggest secrets to?
2: I don't
3: have any secrets.
1: Well, if you had one.
3: I'm very serious about that. I don't have any secrets, because I don't give a rat's ass what people think.
1: Does Catherine know all of like your everything's
3: she once told me she knows all my secrets because i never shut up (laughs) you think that was a good approach (laughs) i
1: think that was very so
3: you like that one a lot
1: (laughs) like the idea of her telling you you never
3: shut up i was trying to think do i i don't think i have any secrets i am very open about if you don't like it i don't give a rat's ass go hang out with somebody else
1: like an inner thought that you have who's the first person you tell it to an
3: inner thought it depends on what are we talking
1: like, let's say um, you're pissed off about something um, I do. Who's the person you would tell?
3: Something that you do? Yeah, I'm just throwing myself like in the mix. I would tell, like I would the,
1: tell the world. Tell, well, that's true. I okay. would literally
3: just go on this show and go, you know who sucks?
1: Let's say your BFF Hubbard completely
3: BFF s- completely
1: <laughs> screws you over. Who's that the first person happen. you're going to tell to? Them. Hubbard, okay. I
3: would go right to them and say, you screwed me over and it ain't going to happen.
1: Rudy, how about you? Where do who where, Who's holding all your secrets?
0: Uh you know my daughter one time told me she goes you're such a bad liar i can always tell when you lie <laughs> well, there you go. and i said to her sweetie the things that you don't need to know about you will never know about yeah and then yeah. she was like oh wait a minute oh. so cuz there's some deep dark stuff yeah. that i don't tell anybody yeah i have one oh, really f- yeah oh yeah there's a lot of stuff uh there's one female friend that i can find in a lot because i trust her with everything yeah. I, I, by far she, she knows more about me in the least amount of time that i've known anyone but when it comes to, like, family and stuff, like, I just, I'd much rather, I, I dated someone for almost 18 months. And every time I would go and hang out with this person, my mom would go, where are you going? I'm like, I got a, I got a meeting. I got a thing to do. Just oh, leave. Oh, really? And finally, at some point, my mom had found out. And she's like, why don't you tell me these things? And I, I said, well, you're on a need-to-know basis. You don't need to know her yet. I don't know if I'm going to introduce her to my daughter. Yeah. There's no point in us having to go down this route because then you get to know them and then it doesn't work out. And then you're like, why didn't it work out with this person? I'll tell you when you need to know. So for the most part I keep everything on the inside and I just let it boil over and then I blow my gasket one day. Have <laughs> you always family, been like,
1: that way? Yeah. Or okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
0: starts from like when I was a kid, you know, okay. opening my mouth in front of my stepdad or other adults was and like being disappointed. Yeah, I told my niece the other day in kind of a joking way, I told her like, you know, "Hey, quiet down over there. Shut up." And then I was like, "Ooh." I hated it when people, when I was that age, told me to shut up. So I I apologized. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Yeah, you're
1: just joking. Yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, no, I keep most of that stuff on the inside. I don't tell much.
1: Yeah. I I don't keep
3: anything on the inside. I really don't. It's like, you don't want to hear it, then get away from
1: me. My best friend, Michelle, could ruin my life Ah. (laughs) in about three sentences. She sent out a mass text. And vice versa. Like, absolutely. And she'd be the person... Let's say I stepped out on Justin. She'd be the person I'd tell. Let's say Ooh, I.
0: Yeah, I Not know. A good idea.
1: I'm just saying that, like, she would. If you think of my work, that would be in my mind. That's one of the worst things I could do, right? Like, without having to like step the line of killing somebody. Sure, um, killing's better. <laughs> depends on the person. <laughs> that's exactly. So, right. like, she would be the one I would tell. I know that, like, Justin obviously knows, like, almost everything, but Michelle knows. Everything. Sure. So I would have to fall on the line of, yes, I would tell my friends, my, fr- my one friend and my sister, Lindsay, I tell a lot to, too, but my friend, Michelle, man alive. She could, mm-hmm. if I ever ran, if we were ever running like for a political position at the same mm-hmm. time, Ooh, the ad, the attack ads would be amazing. Sure.
0: <laughs> you know, I think one of my biggest things about not telling people all of my life mm-hmm. is I kind of treat it like I do social media. And I tell comics all the time, if you're going to be funny, just be funny. Don't go on Facebook and be like, you know, I know that I bombed the other night, but I'm going to get back up on that horse because yeah, I yeah. believe in myself. Just be funny. Yeah. Just be funny and be funny to people. They don't. Everybody else has so many of their own problems. They don't also need to take on yours. Yeah. So deal with your stuff privately, if the best way possible, and then just move on with life. I don't want to hear about your problems and you don't need to hear about mine. I just want to have a good time with you.
3: You know, it's kind of hard to be funny nowadays, though, isn't it? Because everybody judges you for being trying to be funny.
0: I don't know. They're going to hate you either way. So just try to be funny. That's you funny. know? Oh well, no, I understand yeah. you're
3: trying to be funny, but isn't it a bitch to be funny now? Because most people have no sense of humor.
0: It can, yeah.
3: But like, I mean, I, you can I, be funny as hell, and nobody would say it, Nobody would be happy for you. Yeah. Because they're the ones who have no idea what the hell you're talking about.
0: Yeah. I got a I got a friend of mine who's you know probably about five six years into comedy, and he wants to make his first album. And he's like, I just don't I don't know if I do it. Are people gonna think like I'm just I'm not ready yet? And I was like, who gives a shit what who other cares? people think? Yeah. Exactly. They're gonna think what they think. Just do what you do. No one cares.
1: That's what one of my favorite thing about you is, Rudy, is like you bring out the why would I care what anyone's thinking in me? Yeah. Like when we went to that high high um dinner. And I was like, ah, you know, trying to figure things out for myself. And I remember you saying something like, well, why would you care what that person thinks? Why would you? And I was like, he really doesn't care what anyone else thinks. No. And I was, I, I think that I'm that way, but I'm not. Like, I find myself being like, well, I hope I don't offend this person. I hope they don't assume this because I do this. And you were like, do they pay your bills? And I was like, almost never. And you were like, <laughs> okay. Almost, almost never. At <laughs> one know. time with those foot pictures. But like... I just, I think that is a really good entity you have for, especially if there's a field you're in.
0: Yeah, and Tom can attest, it comes with
1: age. No, it does. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you care what people think. The only people I like. Because I could, you could get a thousand great reviews, and then one person would be like, "He sucks," and you'd be like, well, "This one guy thinks I suck."
3: Yeah, but I talk about it. Most people wouldn't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm showing you that I don't care by talking about it. Yeah. Most people wouldn't, if they got, oh, that guy, that guy sucks on the radio and blah, 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 he's terrible, they would never bring that up. I bring it up immediately because I don't give a rat's ass. You know, you have to understand something. We had the highest rated morning show in America. Yeah. And we got that to that position because we didn't give a rat's ass what anyone said.
1: You didn't find yourself pivoting with reviews at all?
3: No, hell no.
1: And that's always how you feel?
3: Yeah, I don't care what other people... Look, I mean the the things that this new, these newspapers and TV stations have called me and said about me, the flat out lies that they know there I couldn't care what they say. Yeah, couldn't care less. That's great. Oh, this guy, but yeah, yeah. But the problem is, the downside of that is you have to go through the hell to get there. Yeah. I never thought someone would do some of the things. And again, I'm not just talking about me, me, me. But the, some of the things that they've said about me, I never thought a human being would stoop that low. I just never did. Mm-hmm. You don't want yeah. to, do you? No.
1: No. I mean, you can't really go into a public realm and assume that anyone's going to be that vicious.
3: Well, exactly. But, but but if they can make money from it, they will. Yeah. And that's just, a, it. This is it's not about me. And that, at, at first you think, oh, God, why do they think that? It's not about me. It's about them gaining listeners or viewers and making more money.
1: Yeah, I feel like that that's was a common thing with writers, um, yep. especially in some of the... Um, not even the smaller publications, even the bigger publications, is that you were, in their mind, an easy target because I think they assumed you wouldn't even find out about it or they were just, like, shooting at the guy high up in the air. Well,
3: they were shooting at the guy high up in the air, but they knew it was going to make a television because they were on television when they did it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just,
3: I'm sorry, but most people in, in radio, newspapers, and television have zero talent. I would say 96, 97% of them, you're not interesting, you're not funny, you're not smart. Who gives a rat's what, ass what you think? Yeah. But there are people that believe it.
1: And that's fine.
3: Yeah, I don't care. I don't know them. You know, the, I'll give you a prime example of what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, over the years, I've been this, I've been a racist, and I've been homophobic, and I've been this, and I've been that. If they would bother to pick up the phone and talk, like, I have a very good friend who's the head of Pride right now. Yeah. Andy is his name. And he used to be a woman. And he's now a man. If I didn't like if I was homophobic, do you think I'd hang out with him every weekend? Probably not. yeah, wouldn't you think?
1: Well, I mean, I just think it's in general, when people write these, do they ever reach out to you for comments? Oh
3: no. Never. Which I
1: feel like that's crazy, right? No. Because I feel like you would talk to them.
3: Of course, I would. I'd show them. Uh, look, you've been around me long enough, and Rudy, probably not not long enough yet. but it's very obvious. Who I like and who I don't oh, has yeah. nothing to do with, with orientation or skin color or sex or anything. I couldn't care less about that shit.
1: You equal opportunity love and equal opportunity hate. That's correct. You don't care who's walking I in here, agree what more. their stand is on what. If they if they present as an asshole, yeah. that's what stands out for you. So, I mean, the only
3: reason I even talk about this on the air is that there might be some younger people listening right now. Don't let those people get to you. They, they're going to call you every name. First of all... And I, I something I'm very honest about that people get very pissed off about, and it's true, half of the people I've ever met in Minnesota are the nicest people I've ever met, and the other half are the worst human beings I have ever encountered, because they're passive-aggressive assholes. Yeah. I cannot deal with passive-aggressive. No. You want to be aggressive? Let's be aggressive.
1: I don't, passive-aggressive does not fly for me. Oh,
3: it's disgusting.
1: That's one thing, is like, I am such a... Let's talk about it. What's I'm a bull in a china shop. Let's not
3: include Rudy in this conversation. (laughs) It's totally fine. Let's just keep a lot of this. It's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. No,
1: I think it's interesting. I think, and I think it's you must be very sure of who you are, and I think I'm sure of who I am, but the I I don't know what it is. I still have these moments where I think I've seen you know things in my uh, people write Mm -hmm. she's this, she's that. And I, I have to kind of go back to the mantra, well, are you Brittany? And if you are, can you change? If you and are, if, like what? Let's say somebody says I'm sexist. Let's say that somebody says I, I'm a, you know.
3: Where would they get that? I'm
1: just saying. Oh, I'm you're just, I'm just throwing something out. Oh, okay. The okay. first thing I, I now do is I ask, are you that? And if you're not, you can just move on with your life because they said something untrue. And if you are that, right. can right. you change? Like that's the way I've decided now to look at comments. Are you that thing? Let's say it's something even more s- simple than that. Are you um, um, uh, are you bad on air sometimes? Can you change? Yes, mm-hmm. like and so I yeah, think I just good. have those. There's, there's two questions I ask: Are you that thing? And if yes or no, and then can you change? Yes or no. And so that's kind of where I'm at with trying to get my brain because I I know I'll, I'm probably more sensitive than you guys in some. Oh, well, you're ways. younger.
3: That's I mean, what Rudy's talking about. It comes with age.
1: And then there's some things I I can brush off easily, you know, but I definitely, it would be hard for me to read a publication, like the fact that you've read things that where people say you are a racist.
3: no, homophobe, a racist. A homophobe. Oh my God. All that stuff. That would
1: break my heart.
3: But you know, it's not true. But you, that's what I'm
1: saying. And that's why I'm trying to do my new thing where I go, are you that? And then you could just say no. And then you can live your life, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's still hard for me.
3: Yeah, I mean, th- you can't let them get to you with that crap because they have no idea. They're only trying to make themselves look better, and they don't care if, how bad it makes you look. Yeah. This is so I feel better about myself. I have to trash you.
1: Have your kids ever come to you and asked you those things? Back
3: in the day, yeah. They used
1: to ask, like, mm-hmm. are you this? Are you that? That awesome. must have been heartbreaking.
3: What, did some colored guy tell you? No. Oh <laughs> my God,
1: stop!
3: <laughs> I used to be so much fun when you could actually tease people. Sure. I mean, Jesus Christ. Jesus I,
1: Christ. I have
3: I have tons of black friends. To this day, they say things to me they oh, would never say in
1: public. Of course. There's
3: no way.
1: Of course. But, I mean, it's just,
3: there was a situation that came, like Don Rickles. I used to go to that place, but now there are too many Jews there. I mean, I thought that was hilarious because he's a Jew yeah. talking about not being around other Jews. Yeah. That's funny. But you can't say that anymore. It's not
0: funny anymore. Is well, anything funny anymore? It still exists in an ice house with four dudes. Well, on yes, the back of the yeah, boards. exactly. It still exists. It's yes. just we've learned how to, like, keep it under wraps and be more, you know, open to these things and other people when you're out in public nowadays. Because, you, you you know, I get that it sucks to have those things come back. But as you've said many a times, you go back and you read these publications and you realize the... There is so much false information that is put in in, in, in (laughs) news articles about people and things, and you just don't even know what to believe anymore.
3: Well, and look, I'll give you—I wasn't going to talk about this, but it was Father's Day yesterday, and I got four Father's Day cards from guys who who I'm kind of like their surrogate or adopted father.
0: Yeah,
3: and two of them are black. Yeah. I don't bring that stuff up to people. I mean, you, you remember Mike Molina, right? Used of course to work I kitchen. know Mike Molina. I Mike, love Mike Molina. Mike Molina Melina sends me, every year he sends me a thank you for being my adopted father. I really appreciate it. Tevin Pittman, every Father's Day he honors me as his kind of surrogate father. That's
1: really sweet.
3: If people would just take one second and do a little research before they run their mouths like a bunch of assholes they are, yeah. they would realize we shouldn't be saying that about anybody because you don't know who they are. You don't know who no, they, they are. No, if they go over the top and do something really racist or homophobic or something like that, that's a whole different deal.
1: Obviously. But
3: to just look, don't take the heat away from words like homophobic right? and racist I, by throwing them around willy-nilly. It's I not could, a good idea. Uh, that
1: it's never been I think I think Rudy said this recently. It's never been an easier time for a racist or a homophobic absolutely. person right when when it, the words getting thrown out around like that. It's really h- easy to hide in plain sight.
3: Mm-hmm. I would like to point out before we move on mm-hmm. to, to Phil, who's a horrible person. Duh. He's coming up. Yeah. Worst. But I, I just, honest to God, if you are afraid of things like that, then you need to look inside and go, Why would I care what you think? You're a moron. Yeah. You call me this, that, and the other thing. You're an idiot. Yeah. Why would I care what you think? But the newspapers picked it up. A Channel Five just last August. They referred to me. Some people think he's racist. Why would you put that on Channel 5? Why would you even do that?
1: Do you get it? Mm -hmm. You should have added some people also think he poops from his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just like, what? You can't, what? Like, I mean, I'm just saying that, like, what a weird add-on, you know? mm
3: -hmm. Uh, You know, Did I pick up the phone and call him and leave a message saying, Well, look, you're a fat, dumb bastard, but I don't tell other people that.
1: Yeah, because we are not going to uh, body shame. Uh, well, that's
3: what I'm saying. I just said I don't do that. Oh, for good. The very, the, oh, good. I'm glad never... that you said
1: you don't do that.
3: All right. We got to take a break we because do. what's that guy's name again? Phil something? Uh, Phil? Mr.
1: Mackey. Phil.
3: Oh, Phil Mackey. That's mm. his name. That's right. I know it was somewhere along those lines. Anyway, we'll take a break. Be right back. Phil will join us right after this.
0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. I've
3: been telling you for a couple of months now how happy I am with the MNFatLoss.com program. really has been easy and effective. I've lost 27 pounds. It just really had not been that hard either. I eat great food. I don't feel hungry. I have plenty of energy and enjoy this fantastic spring weather we're having. And I'm going into summer looking and feeling great. Right now, MNFatLoss.com is offering an exciting summer special. $200 off now through July 30th. But really, don't wait until the whole summer goes by to get this program started. Go to MNFatLoss.com for details on this special offer. If you want to find out the secret to losing 20 to 30 pounds in just eight weeks, just like I'm doing, and save $200 on the program schedule, your free consultation, save $200, go to MNFatLoss.com. That's MNFatLoss.com. Of course, results may vary, and always be sure to tell the team at MNFatLoss.com that Tom Bernard sent you.
4: Consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit bialkielaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E law.com. There's a guy named Tom
3: Cross who likes to do kite things. Tom takes the phrase go fly a kite to an extreme and for years goes all over the country in search of great kite flying events. Lincoln City, Oregon comes to mind with Chinook winds and seven miles of pristine beach that draws folks from all over north america for the best kite flying conditions in the world tom brings a little minnesota with him when he goes to lincoln city in his new 2109s rockwood mini light travel trailer the new lightweights from rockwood are very popular tom hauls his trailer from niemeyer trailer sales in albertville and Elko, new market minnesota niemeyer trailer sales is the only place tom would prepare his next kite flight Solar panels, exterior griddle, air conditioning are just a few of the standard features in his Rockwood by Forest River from the place that is your ultimate RV headquarters since 1965. This is Tom Bernard. Visit my friends at Niemeyer Trailer Sales and take your passion on the road. Niemeyer Trailer Sales. Go to com. Niemeyer Trailer Sales.
2: Do you ever Google yourself? Are you happy with what you find, or is it cringy? Are you a business owner or on your company's marketing team? How do you feel when you Google your own place? What do you see? A non-updated social media page you don't even remember making? Ads for your competitors? Hubbard Interactive can help. They're a Google Premier Partner, so they can use search engine optimization to get your click results higher. They've got a photo and video department to make your business look sharp, plus social media, influencer marketing, podcasting, and more. All the things that will make you a lot happier next time you Google yourself. Here's a Google search that you'll find rewarding. Hubbard Interactive. You can see all the marketing tools they've used on hundreds of successful businesses, including an extensive gallery of the great work they could help your venture with. HubbardInteractive.com. Building campaigns that connect.
0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast.
3: I'm rolling my eyes at her right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah. There's no <laughs> doubt about it.
1: If you ever want to see a stare of complete disdain, I'll say something ridiculous and look at the YouTube video of Tom just whipping his head.
5: It <laughs> works for me. Works for me. Whoa!
3: We're deep in conversation here today, Phil. What do you think of that action?
5: Yeah, you guys are. Well, I heard that promo too, or the the ad there for. Do you ever Google yourself? Which I feel like I feel like that kind of ties into your conversation. Um, until City Pages didn't City Pages? They kind of went belly up a couple years back. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, right. Yep. But for about uh, nine or ten years, when you Googled Phil Mackey, the first thing that popped up was an article from City Pages with the headline: Phil Mackey blasts twins bloggers. And it was like this mean mug. They found like the meanest oh, photo yeah. of me. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're so jovial, oh,
1: so it's funny to think about your angry whatever <laughs> face that was.
5: And they, and I think I, I can't remember which exact photo it was. I'm pretty sure it was one of those like radio photo shoots where you're there for 45 minutes or an hour, and yeah. they've got you doing like in sports, you know, hold the football like you're throwing a pass with a big smile, or like hold the baseball bat on your shoulder. And then one of the, one of the instructions was. Hey, Phil Judd, we need you guys to look angry for a second. Yeah. Just look, look like you're Ooh, mad, right? Angry. And uh, and that's the photo that winds up on the and I think it's gone now, but I, I got mad because there were some twins bloggers that were poking holes in the spring training coverage of the mainstream media like 10 years ago. And I basically said, hey, we're in the room down here. We're, you know, we're 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 getting word from people that are in the clubhouse. If you're gonna sit on your couch or sit in your parents basement or whatever the dumb thing i said was uh so you know google changes the game it changes the game it when you uh when you yep. spout off for sure what are you gonna do you got all this media now
3: what a waste of media coverage is all i have to say
5: did you hear so bob costas actually went on a rant bob costas loves to rant nowadays but he does nowadays you're right
1: he's I, a monologuer like,
5: <laughs> he loves to monologue yes he's very very important but um, he did go on a rant about aggregated media, about how now it's like, you know, do a Google search. 75 to 80 percent of media is just sites that aggregate what other people are saying or yeah. what, yep. if the New York Times writes a story or the Star Tribune writes a story, there's 15 different sites that aggregate what they said. And it just kind of gets to be a game of telephone across the internet. So Now I'm ranting like Bob Costas. Listen You're to not me.
3: ranting. I used to work with Bob Costas a lot back in the day. He was the nicest guy in the world. Really? But toward the end of his career, I have heard, well, he stopped talking to me. And I don't know what the hell I ever did, but he stopped talking to me, too. Yeah. And then everybody
5: tells me he kind of turned into an owly prick. Well, I think sometimes, and I don't know, I don't want to speak on behalf of Bob Costas. Who am I to speak on behalf of Bob Costas? But it kind of feels like the media game has passed him a little bit. Like yeah. he's a tradi- he's a, yep. And he's a legend, but he's a TV man, right? He's a t- And maybe radio a little bit, but I don't know how much he's sort of kept up on, like new media, for instance. I mean, look at us. Yeah. We're sitting here on YouTube on a podcast, right? Yep. yep. We can't be uh, accused of not keeping up with the media times here. Maybe Bob needs to get a YouTube channel. Maybe that's the problem.
3: Yeah, you know what? Probably wouldn't be a bad idea for him. I would think that's probably true. Yeah, I don't know. That really is too bad that people get so carried away with, oh, you're successful, so I have to tear you down a little bit. Why can't you be happy for other people who are successful?
5: It's a good question. I don't get that. the, the, The world needs more celebration of other people's success. That's what the world needs. You know what I love about that statement?
3: The Rolling Stones and the Beatles, I didn't hear them ever go after one another. They praised one another and said nothing but good things about one another. And they were direct competitors. Yeah. I think that was good for the music industry. I think it was terrific for the music industry, actually.
5: I think we should praise the Twins' success. A first-place ball club here on June 19th, 2023, Tom. Don't talk to me ever Are you going to tear them down <laughs> because they're in first place?
3: Yes, I am, as a matter of fact, because they lost three out of four to the worst team in baseball. Well not, not the, not
5: the, I think the Royals might be the worst team Well that's
3: true. Yeah, that's true.
5: Good point. They'll they'll have another chance I'm sure to lose 3 out of 4 to the Royals at oh, some point. Oh god.
3: It just it, what nothing Okay, no, Phil, you've been around that team for a long time. Who is their star cuz I can't find him? I mean Buxton Ooh, could be a but great he's hurt. Right? It's not Correa. Yeah.
5: Correa's hitting like 217. Not him. Yeah, it's and on the pitching side. I mean, they don't really. Yeah. They've got some good pitcher. I guess mm-hmm. their star would be their closer Duran, right? I but guess that's, if if your star is your closer, I don't know that that's a good sign. Don't you? You need someone in the lineup to be a star. I was looking up this here because we every Monday on our Mackie and Judd podcast we do our state of the Twins address we just kind of
0: Uh-oh. all right,
5: like like what happened <laughs> the last week, what you know, what what are the big themes here, and I mean the fact that they are having an impossible time creating distance in this division so so they're like clinging to this division and the team the teams behind them in the standings are 33 and 38 30 and 40 and 31 and 42 in fact if they were in the American League East they'd be in last place they'd be in mm-hmm. sixth place behind the other five teams yep 13 and a half games behind the rays and probably talking oh. about you know, which pieces are you going to sell off at the trade deadline? So, but, I mean, hey, right now they're still, like, what, two games up or whatever it is, and yeah, two, two technically and half in there. first place. I
3: know, and I, I sit down and I start watching the games just, you know, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then uh, about two, three innings later, I just go, I cannot watch this. I can't. Well, this team's coming apart at this. You can see it coming with that team, by the way. And for
5: a long time, too. Yeah. And yep. the, the other yep. sad thing is, and I – I'm not a guy that calls for jobs necessarily. I don't, like the, I, don't, I don't like to go on the radio or go on a podcast yeah. and say, you know, Derek Falvey needs to be fired. I just, I'd rather present evidence. And if other people think that there should be a job change, that's fine. But, you know, the, the last three seasons, the Twins have made a bunch of trades. They've tried, they've tried to win big. They're not like yep. tanking or going into a rebuild or anything. They're trying to win big these last three seasons. And they're 22 games under 500 collectively the last the last three years, and uh, the worst part is over that stretch the division has been the worst in baseball. So like, what does it say when you're trying to win, you're making trades to win, yes, and you're 22 games under 500 in the worst division in baseball the last three years? I I don't know. It just something feels off with the organization, and even even if they do go on to make the playoffs, something just kind of feels. A little off compared to maybe three years ago.
3: Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that completely. You look at the Minnesota Twins. The first thing you think of, of course, is Kirby Puckett. Hop on my back, I'll carry you home, no problem. <laughs> he, they had a superstar, and we got so used to the used to the Twins having superstars all the way back to Harmon Killebrew and Rod Carew, and you know uh, who, who we just mentioned here. They don't have a player like that right now. Kepler. Why he's still in the major leagues I will never understand. Yeah. You got is constantly hurt.
5: He's hitting 217. They're paying him what, 30 million a year for yeah. that? Really. You know, who's the hop on my back guy? You know, by, maybe Byron Buck Byron Buxton's the ho- hop on my back. Ouch my no, knee.
0: Get no. off get
5: off <laughs> get off my back. Get off. You're hurting me.
3: Get off my back. Yeah, they don't have a get on my back kind of guy. They got some good players. No, I like Joey Dello, but he strikes out a lot now too.
5: And the other thing, too, this is – not now, I feel, I'm, now I'm like old man yells at cloud here when it comes <laughs> to the twins. But if you could just indulge me. Mondays, are because we yeah. do the State of the Twin – on Fridays, I'm, I'm more in a loosey-goosey move. We got Herbie and stuff. On Mondays, you guys are usually catching me after I've done an hour of prep for our State of the Twins. And I'm like, I'm, oh, just, sure, sure. I'm just ready to unleash my takes. Yep. And so – you know, they've got these two really good, bright, young star players in in Royce Lewis and Alex Kirilov. Yes. Yep. And, and they're both holding their own, if not more. Right. I mean, Royce mm-hmm. Lewis, since he came back here, what, two, three weeks ago, has some game winning hits. You know, I'm not saying he's an MVP or anything, but he's holding his own and he's a very good player. He was the number one overall pick. He, in theory, is a franchise centerpiece. Mm -hmm. Alex Kirloff is another guy that I want to say his on-base percentage is like 400 right now. Like, he's an on-base machine. He's a hitting machine. His wrist appears to be healthy. And Rocco or whoever is directing this from the front office, they pinch hit for these guys. I know. Late in games. I know. Well, there's a left-handed pitcher on the mound, and so we got to bring in a right-handed bench bat. So put Kirloff on the bench. And I get that there's some... Statistics that are involved in those decisions, but at some point, don't you have to just designate a couple of your young stars and say, "Hey, I don't care if there's a lefty, a righty, if the guy's ambidextrous, we believe in you. You are the man going forward to carry this franchise." How yep. are you supposed to put a franchise on your back when you might get pinch hit for by Kyle Garlick? Yeah. You know, all all due respect to Kyle Garlick, that was a yeah. drive by. No, but agree. it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, it's a situation too where if if I'm
3: you know, Kierlaw for one of those guys. I'm getting the opinion that they don't really care that much for me because they constantly bench me when the game's on the line. Right. That would bother me a lot. I would yeah, tell you that.
5: Like, there's a human element here in play where don't you have to just say, and, and they're not doing it every time. I don't want to over-exaggerate, but don't you have to just say, hey, this is a tough pitcher, and maybe the statistics tell us we should bring a right-handed bat or a left-handed bat in yeah, to, to yeah. come in here. But because we want you to be a franchise player for the next five to ten years, we mm-hmm. believe in you. And I just don't. Yep. Sometimes it feels like they they overcompensated. That The Terry Ryan era was so much human element and feel, and Tom Kelly, it wasn't as much about analytics and spreadsheets. It almost feels oh. like they've gone too far in the other direction Agreed. now that the old guard is gone. And I'm an analytics guy, Tom. I mean, I'm sitting here. I've, I'm staring at a spreadsheet right now, probably, Tom, for all you know. I got, <laughs> for all you I got know. my start as a baseball analytics writer, and even I am saying, let's let's think about this for a second.
3: Well, the biggest problem you got is Korea gets hurt. You got Buxton getting hurt. You got a few people getting hurt, and they get hurt a lot. They get hurt every season. And they're their stars. Uh, their stars get hurt a lot.
5: Did we fire the trainer because of this last They, they, they made one yeah, significant right. change last year. They fired the. the <laughs> well, how about a front office change? No, no, no. What about the manager? What about. No. How about the hitting, what, what, hitting coach? No, let's. Uh, Let's fire the trainer because we have too many guys on the injured list. I feel like it hasn't.
1: Maybe it'll be the bat batter boy or the bat boy next time. Yeah.
5: Fire. Let's fire Kevin. That 12 year old. (laughs) Yes. The 12 year old ball boy. Get your ass in my office. Kevin. Kevin. (laughs) Hey, Nathan, you're fired, guy.
1: I wonder
3: how much money that costs them because I've not been to a game yet this year. And it's going to be a while before I do go to a game because this team's pissing me off right now, losing three out of four to Detroit, which I didn't think was even possible. I got to believe it's costing them a lot of money losing these games, isn't it? A lot of people aren't going to the games,
5: correct? Yeah. So, well, right now, let's see here. Right now, they're 18th in attendance. Uh, so they're averaging 22,900 fans a game. So About half full. Uh, I th- I gotta be honest. Uh, I feel like the T Pain concert might have bumped that up a little bit because uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was there and it was packed. Yeah, maybe that's what we need. To just let's just get T Pain on Retainer for all the home games. Even if you get beat seven to one, stick around because uh, I'm in love with a stripper is going to be performed live <laughs> at second base. Our, it's do be you great. mean
1: Herbeck called him T pan I think that
5: was the one. T pan That's a good name for him. Yeah, but they were, I mean, when Target Field opened up, and you, you get like two or three years of a, of a new stadium novelty, and I'm pretty sure they sold out every game for the first two or three years of yeah. Target Field. Yep. And, uh, and now, you, you know, it's, it's amazing, but thir- 13 or 14 years old, and so you don't, you don't get that new stadium luxury like you did, you know, a decade ago, unfortunately.
3: You do get lucky, though, because if you've ever been to a Miami Marlins game, it was you <laughs> and one other guy. Jesus, there's nobody in that stadium. Hey Bob <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. He's out in left field. You're behind a home plate. You're having a conversation yeah, with him.
5: Miami so Miami <laughs> averages eleven thousand fans per game. Uh, they're, don't... they're not terrible this year, are they? No, they're, they're not... not terrible. But I'll well, tell people, you. What. But that's it. People make fun of Oakland because you know Oakland's gonna move to Vegas because no one goes to the games. They're also playing in just a sewage filled yes. possum filled you know, dump. Uh, but Miami and Oakland basically, you know, Oakland averages ten thousand a game, so maybe we need smaller stadiums.
3: Well, you know, a that's lot the, of that maybe
5: that's the problem.
3: A lot of the ten and eleven thousand people they're talking about are season ticket holders who don't even go to the games anyway. Yeah, so that's the biggest problem because there's no way for game two, I think it was of the season this year, when I watched the Twins play uh, the Miami Marlins. There's no way there was more than four or five thousand people in that stadium.
5: No change. Speaking of that, did you? So I was glued to the U.S. Open on Saturday, and so, I love the pri- when you get a major on the West Coast and it ends at like nine o'clock p.m. and you can kind of settle in. And so I don't know if you guys caught any of this, but this is a, this is the U.S. Open golf tournament. This is the, one of the big big tournaments of the year, and it was at L.A. Country Club for the first time. Right. And they sold only 23,000 tickets per day. Usually you would sell maybe like 30, 40, 50,000 tickets for Mm -hmm. these events and have a ton of people. And half of those tickets or maybe even like two thirds of those tickets were corporate sponsorship tents. Right. Yeah. So you only had like 5,000 tickets available to the public. And so it felt like it felt like just a random, you know, February PGA tournament. You had a couple people scattered around the fairways. You had basically no fans watching this thing. So I don't know what that was all about. So but, what, uh, why, did, why would they do that? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> I, I, I don't it? know. Feels like you could have fit another. T- it's, it's a golf course, for God's sakes. You can probably fit a couple more people out there. Yeah, you but sure players were complaining so. about the atmosphere. It's like, yeah, we're, what are we doing out here? This is a major championship. But uh, Wyndham Clark won his first major yesterday. Uh, he has now, so in his first six years on the PGA Tour, he made $2 million. He's made eight million dollars in the last two months because he's won his first two tournaments. Oh, that's pretty good. Good for that guy.
3: So he did win yesterday. I know he was hanging around the lead the whole time. Yeah, wasn't that?
1: it Fowler and yeah. McElroy? I remember they were all yeah. tied for first when yep. I was watching. What happened? Yeah, what what was the difference? So Fowler
5: was the kind of the cool. It's it's one of those those times where you're all kind of rooting against a guy because like no <laughs> offense to Wyndham Clark, yeah. right? But can you just triple bogey a hole and go down the leaderboard for God's sakes? Because everyone wanted R- Rory hasn't won a major in nine years, yeah, and he keeps mm-hmm. knocking on the door. And Ricky Fowler, he was so bad for a couple of years. He bounced out of the top 150 in the world ranking and really? didn't qualify for like four different. So last year's U.S. Open, Ricky Fowler was at the driving range before the tournament as an alternate, waiting for someone to oh, withdraw so he could no. get in. wow. <laughs> and he didn't get in. He didn't get in last year.
1: Holy buckets!
5: And you fast forward a year later, and he's playing in the final. He wound up finishing fifth place, so want, it, it's a it's a good comeback story. But yeah, I mean, a, a year ago, he's on the tee box at the or he's at the driving range, and they're like, "Sorry, Rick, no one withdrew, so you can go home now."
1: Phil, can I ask you a question about the whole Live PGA merger? So one of the big things that the PGA was doing last year, when everybody was kind of uh, dis- disenfranchising and going with Live, was taking the moral high ground. And saying that Live is you know evil. We're great. We're right. the PGA, right. obviously. Yeah. You know uh, that was because they couldn't compete with the money aspect. How do they rationalize then merging with that same company?
5: Well, it's it's a it's a big question, and, and a lot of the players think about this. Like Rory McIlroy, yeah. It took a Tiger huge Woods. stance, yeah. Some of these guys turned down well into the nine figures from Liv. Yes. So Tiger Woods, not that Tiger needs it, but he was offered $800 million to join Liv and turned it down for moral reasons. Yeah. Which is kind of funny coming from Tiger.
1: Right, I know, right. Although <laughs> his moral issues are more, <laughs> like, moral yeah, his
3: compass. are more
5: like,
1: his more like
5: relationship yes. issues than, you know, Saudis I... murdering journalists. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then the, the, the tour president, Jay Monaghan, who was front and center, just chastising all these players for leaving the PGA for Liv. How could you do this? You guys, you know, how could you value money over morals? Mm-hmm. And then he gets in a back room for two months and negotiates this, whatever this deal's going to be with, uh, with the, it's not the live tour. It's actually the parent company. Yeah. It's the Saudi fund. Yeah. And then, and I, and I haven't read any updates in the last couple of days, but then Jay Monaghan, the president who negotiated this hypocritically, winds up stepping away with an illness like a week ago. So I, the whole thing is super bizarre. No one really knows what it's going to look like, but there's a lot of PGA players who turn down crazy generational yeah. money. Yep. Don't those players deserve something at this point? If you're, could you could you throw Rory a hundred mil for yeah. you know?
2: Especially <laughs> being Rory.
1: Rory met with the PGA a whole bunch of times and had like a hey, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna yeah. you know, and and, and it really took a stand against it. And so it just feels like. And he found out, what, the day prior to this announcement or maybe day of? So I just yeah. want to know like how they're rationalizing giving a seat at the table when that was the whole concept was their evil, we're good.
5: Yeah, and, it's, and, and th- that's the other thing. There's really no details about what this all looks like yeah. yet. We don't know. Right. Are the tours going to merge? Are the players allowed to go back and forth between the tours? We don't know. The cool thing is, so Netflix did the first season of They last year. They released like 10 episodes following the PGA Tour players around an in inside look. They're filming season two, okay.
2: and they were filming
5: at the time of this announcement. I don't know which players they were following, but they were deaf. So we're going to find out sometime later this year what the raw reactions were of these players when this news came down. But money talks, man. Here's And I got to get going here in a minute. But there's yep. an, we, we talked about this last week on our show if this if this group of saudi billionaires can come in this let's call it the, you know it's the pif right it's but yeah. it's the saudi fund if they can come in and basically strong arm and buy golf they can just create a golf tour with mm-hmm. no worries about losing money they've bought soccer players i mean they'll literally just go pay a soccer player to play in a lesser league because they've got more money right mm-hmm. what's stopping them at some point from saying all right let's, we're going to buy the xfl like one of these you know, you got the XFL and the, uh, the USFL, these like minor league football operations. We're going to buy a football league and we're going to pay Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow $200 million a year to leave the NFL. Or we're going to pay, you know, mm. pick your NBA player. It's going to be interesting to see if they, if they have some success here with negotiating golf deals and soccer deals. Do they start to encroach on other American sports and just try to disrupt? I don't know.
3: Well, I mean, the biggest problem, this all started because we decided at the very highest levels of our U.S. government that we didn't want to uh, drill for oil anymore. We'll do it in other parts of the world, which pollute even more than we would. So what we're doing is actually worse for the planet, and they're getting all the money. We're not getting any money. It's worse for the planet. But somehow I'm really holy because I stepped aside. Mm -hmm. What a crock of
5: shit. But in the end, yeah. at least we get to watch Bryson chambeau try to hit 400 <laughs> yard drives again.
3: <laughs> yeah, there you go. So it
5: all worked out in the end. <laughs> so God bless him. All right, I know did, 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 we held you way too long today, didn't we? It was worth it though. We got some uh, oh, some, good, some good twins venting in there, and we got to uh, talk about the future of of uh, golf and uh, I guess world politics. There so we, we go. We it all covered, pal.
1: Thanks, Bill. Sorry about that. See
5: you guys. Thanks, no, Bill. we're good. See have you guys. A good
3: Phil Mackey, ladies and gentlemen, score North of Course. Judd Zolgad on on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Phil on Monday and Friday. Really good guys to deal with, by the way.
1: I love them. Yeah, yeah I've been really good. I've been reading and listening to a bunch of stuff about Live, and I'm just so interested. I just think it's such a weird dynamic, and mm-hmm. all in the name of diversifying their portfolio. That's the only reason the Saudis are doing this. Well,
3: and again, they're doing it with our money because we paid them to take their oil. It's like, Jesus, is anybody in our government, does they have a clue about how to do business?
1: Mm. Uh,
3: not one of them. I mean, seriously.
1: Our politicians
3: <sighs> right now on all sides might be the worst they've ever been. Money-grubbing pigs-ish.
1: But why don't they put a, throw a little money this way? We'll Advertising. They should them. get into <laughs>
3: podcasting. You know who's a great president? Right? All of them, that's true. Right?
1: We'll, we'll speak highly on your name if you yeah. just throw a little cash this <laughs> This way.
3: Money, money, money. Everything's about money now. Money, and that money, is a money. fact. Everything's about money.
1: Always. Now.
3: And probably always has been. You're right about that. We have to take a break. Be right back in this couple minutes. Wrap things up right after this.
0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show
2: app or at tombernardshow.com.
3: Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no
6: guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Ready, set, summer. Hi, Judd Zolgad here. You know, the unofficial start of summer, well, it's here. Whether you're heading to the beach, the ballpark, or a barbecue, summer's more fun when you are feeling your best. Let Livia Weight Control Centers help you make the most of our beautiful summer days. Join Livia's doctor recommended program today and get eight weeks free. That's right, eight weeks for free. You could lose up to 15 pounds or more by the 4th of July. I lost 40 pounds on this program a couple of years back, and I'm going to tell you the most important thing. The dieticians and nutritionists at Livia are going to help you maintain weight loss. We've all lost weight, right? Inevitably, it feels like it comes back. Not with this program. It has done right by me, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to do right by you. Summertime is here, and Livia wants you to make the most of it. Call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or visit Livia, L I V vea.com Join today and get eight weeks for free. Again, 15 pounds or more lost by the 4th of July. Are you kidding me? Call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia voted Minnesota's best weight loss program two years in a row. Check them out to lose the weight.
3: There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killabrew. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew root beer and cream soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This spring and summer, enjoy the one Killebrew root beer and cream soda. Gluten and caffeine-free with a generous portion of delicious thrown in. Killebrew, where memories are created and legends are made.
0: this is the Tom Bernard morning show podcast
3: yeah the rest of my day is made for me by Brittany Yahoo magnificent she just reminded me of many many decades ago three of my friends and I went into the into the poorhouse in siren Wisconsin yeah it was packed and we could hear the chirping from the locals about oh city bastards are here <laughs> and then we could just hear them doing it oh blah blah Who
1: knows? Who knows? they even were. But, oh, they definitely were. But I'll tell you this. It happens all the time when you go into a place where you go, I don't belong here. I already assume everybody hates me.
3: Well, it's a good assumption. I think <laughs> They it's probably
1: good. do. <laughs> Works out
3: really, really well.
1: Be pregnant. That's my big advice.
3: Yeah, Well, then they can't hit you.
1: No, I mean, they love you. Like, I went to a parade, uh, St. Patrick's Day parade in a small town, and I was pregnant. Everyone loves you. They love they automatically love you. They want you to sit down mm-hmm. and That's feed nice. you. It's That's very lovely. Nice. So you go and you roll into the poorhouse. You guys are big city, big wigs over there.
3: We're standing there and we can hear the chirping of, from the drunk. Oh, city bastards! Yeah. blah 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 yeah. blah. And the guy walked up to my friend Bruce, and I don't know why Bruce did this except for the fact that he was a nice city boy, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy said something to him, and Bruce hit him right in the face <laughs> with a beer bottle. <laughs> It then turned into a fight between 250 guys and four guys.
1: Let's be honest.
3: So that went really well. How,
1: how committed were you? Because if some, if my friend does something that insane, there's a part of me that wants to be loyal, but there's a part of me that's like, you're on your own. Well,
3: <laughs> there might have been a couple of punches thrown, but then you had to go into the tuck. Yeah. Because sure. you had ten guys kicking the piss out oh, of you. Oh yeah. It was unbelievable. That I. So and, you
1: roll back to the cabin, right? Whose cabin was it? Who were you at?
3: Roy Matson's.
1: Yep. And is it just you guys? Is there nobody else staying there? Like no, it's just the guys. It, oh, so right. at least you didn't have to come back to a bunch of women being like, "What the hell, if the hell that, are my, you doing?" If that was my husband. I'd be mortified. I would throw him. Well, I didn't do anything. Keys, I just
3: happened to be with him.
1: And I'd say, "Don't let me see you for the next twelve hours." Like I'm, I got pissed at Justin for rolling his ankle while playing softball because I was like, "You're going too hard, <laughs> okay? I can't deal with you limping around for a month, like." The idea of going out and getting your ass whooped. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. You are, I'm pissed. Well,
3: I didn't know it was coming because I didn't know he was going to hit him in the face with a beer bottle. <laughs> I mean, You're that's the big you, problem.
1: You didn't anticipate that? Oh, you,
3: you hit the guy in the face with a beer bottle. This ought to go really well for the rest of us. Yeah, that was an interesting. You know what's weird about that, though? Is what, remember the liquor store that's right next to the poorhouse? Well, oh, yeah. so several years later, I went back up there and wh- I went in the liquor store at the poorhouse. And they were huge fans of the KQ Morning Show. It's like, oh, you don't remember that was me then, I bet, huh?
1: Me and Rudy have a theory about this fight that you guys are talked about every year around that time. Oh, I yeah. guarantee
3: you that's true because it was hideous.
1: Like, you can't <laughs> not imagine. I mean, there's just like, can we tell you about the time that we, uh, we were kicking Tom Bernard in the gut? Like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not only in the gut, believe me but we had some tough guys with us. Mark Miros was there he's big tall tough yeah, son bitch You're
1: tough but there's a lot of people there Yeah when
3: it's like 250 to 4 it's not going to go out uh, not not going to end well And no honestly, I
1: feel like you guys had it coming walking how, in there How did I have it
0: coming
3: I didn't do anything You know what you did. What did I do?
1: You had friends.
0: (laughs) Oh, I had a friend. (laughs) How dare you travel out to where these people live and bring your money and patronize their bars? How dare
3: you? Precisely. Well, we
1: still don't know what was said. It could have been like something so mundane, but you guys had kind of hyped yourself up about the whole walking into somebody else's territory. We don't know what the thing was said before the beer bottle was broken on someone's face. That was
3: not pretty. I will tell you that, because it, it was not, that bottle shattered immediately. I was Like, oh, God. But you knew then. I was like, well, I may as well go into the tuck. Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> yeah. you
3: can't fight back. Yeah, you, there's no way.
0: Memorial Day weekend we're all camping out in uh, Somerset, Wisconsin at the campground and our friend Jesse just ran his mouth and oh. finally and finally these dudes were like that's it like six guys got up <laughs> and there's a great picture of our friend Ard who's standing next to the fire smoking a cigarette watching Jesse get his ass kicked. <laughs> and, and Ard's like Dude, we told it's, him. This like, is where we're well, at. We did tell him. Yeah, we told him to shut I his agree. mouth. You I guys agree. should. Yeah. So they put a beating on him, and it was it's, like, all right, you deserve it.
1: So funny. So I have a gay stepbrother who's the, you know, the same. He's like three months older than me. Mike. Love Mike. And Mike will tell this story the exact same way as well. So we were drunk, running around the cabin. We were staying. We, we were staying at the bunkhouse. We must have been early twenties. And we were at the bunkhouse, and we're like, let's go to some different cabins. We go to some different cabins, and Mike's like, you know, I better be careful, because he was, you know, he's very, very flamboyant, hilarious guy, and he's like, you know, I don't want to, you know, cause any trouble. I was like, Mike, nobody cares. It'll be awesome. We we are having a blast. And next thing I know, (laughs) he's like very drunk. He was... Like a big group of them, you know, were like, hey, get him out of here. Get this guy out of here. So I'm like, oh, no, it's because Mike's gay. And, you know, he said something, whatever. I go in there. I go, you guys, quit being homophobic. He's gay. They go, this kid was stealing people's beer. Well, there you go. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And I look at Mike, and he was like, guilty. And I was like, we got to go. But it was so funny where I was like, Mike, you really are the wild card. Like, I did mm-hmm. not see that coming. He barely remembers doing all that. But sure enough, next day. He's like, I don't know. I was just feeling like I could get away with it. I was like, why would you steal someone's beer? Like, We have so much sure. of this. Oh, It was so funny.
3: Those were the days, man.
1: Oh, God. I like owe everyone an apology, just assuming. It was so funny.
3: Thanks for bringing that story up, by the way. I just realized two of the four guys are dead. So there you go. Well, you know,
1: that's what I was going for when yeah. I was trying to bring up a good memory is...
0: Yeah, way to go. Just miserable memories. There we go. Yeah. It is nice how time changes, though, because Thursday night after the show, Las Vegas, I'm by myself, and I was like, everybody had plans, so I was just going to walk around. I bought a beer, and I just walked around the strip of Vegas, and I went to like all the old spots I went to in my 20s, Yeah, and I took a picture of a piano bar at O'Shea's. And I sent it to my buddy, John, who I haven't talked to in, like, 15 years. And I go, remember this place? And he goes, was that the night that we all hung out with them girls from Ireland? I was like, man, I'm so glad those days are gone. Because they were, it's so, I'm so glad that they're over. Because they were, it was chaos. It was chaotic. You wake up and you're like, whose room is this? And what, why is my face, like, why do I have a carpet burn on my face? What happened? And I'm so glad those days are over.
1: Well, they happen when you have the energy. Because now I can't imagine. Oh. I feel like if I ate food that didn't, like, go super well or if I drink too much water at night and pee, like, twice in the night, my next day is ruined. Yeah. So I can't imagine sleeping on, like, a like a bathroom floor <laughs> and then having to, like, live my life the next day. Yeah. Like, there's a reason that in your 20s you do all that. Because in your, yeah. your mm-hmm. 30s, your 40s, we're, our bodies are not meant for that. No.
0: Did you go to Rayo's. I didn't go to Rayo's because I only had 24 hours. I was yeah, in and out. See, and I was typical. so busy.
1: Where'd you end up staying? Were you right on the Strip? I was at the Flamingo. Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. Yep. The Flamingo.
3: I
1: mm-hmm. love walking around Vegas, and I like. Those were
0: good
3: trips.
1: I love it. My favorite thing to do is, especially because we'd be there on the weekend, so after we wouldn't do the show, we'd do the show like either Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. and then on Saturday morning, I'd wake up early and I'd go for a run, and to tell you the things I would see. It was just beautiful. You're right. It was like that. I get to kind of be in the chaos, like see it, but not have to be wearing one heel and walking down the strip.
0: Yeah, I got up on uh, Friday morning and and went for a run. And while I'm out there just jogging, I see like one guy in one flip flop (laughs) and a torn tank top. And I'm like, dude, you had a rough, rough night, my man.
1: Yeah, there's nothing that'll make you feel more sure in your actions when, when you see that. Yeah. Oh, I love it.
3: I still think we should do a Vegas show. Although this show would start at 5 in the
0: morning, so I don't know if you guys want to do that.
1: I don't even care. I'll do whatever. I just... Well,
0: what if we go and just record the show and then we play it back? <laughs> At 5 a.m. <laughs> their time.
3: For the people that show up, they'd really love that. Yeah, no doubt <laughs> well, no,
1: you know,
0: I'm just saying, like, we, we record the, the show live in Vegas with an audience. Like, at night, we could do it at, like, 7 o'clock. Everybody's, like, wanting to have a couple drinks. It'd yeah. be fun. And then we mm-hmm. just record it. And then we do the replay the next day so people who can listen, they can listen oh, to yeah, it so the air. Oh, yeah, and always
1: showing up. Yeah, that's not a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. I love it. We're on. It's on the books. Yeah. So we're not
3: going to do it in a a theater. We're just going to do it at a bar. No,
0: we'll do it in the theater. Absolutely. But it would be at. We could do it at a theater at 7 p.m. Yeah, we could. Absolutely.
1: I don't know why you guys want to go to Vegas so bad for our. For I mean, I think our thing is we do. We just invite to go
3: to Key West. Is where I wanted. Let's
1: just invite. Twelve people here first. Slow and steady. Let's get
3: some bleachers. Yeah, I think we're good to go. There, we're we're covered. I'm That's all about
1: making sure anybody who wants to just come on and uh, see us locally can can stop by. Sure. So what know? if
3: 5,500 people show up?
1: I'm fine with that.
3: It's going to be a little difficult.
1: We can carpool. I'll pick yeah. you up.
3: So yeah, it's great. Sounds wonderful.
0: It's a big hallway here, Tom. I don't That's think you true. realize we That's can fit true. a lot of people.
3: I know. Very very true. Mm-hmm. All right, that's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
4: Bye.